Hey awesome nerds and welcome to D&D and TV, a weekly podcast where we rewatch and recap shows that we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept and characters could be used in different role-playing games including Dungeons and Dragons. I am your host Jeremy and I am joined by someone who's playing a U2 album, uh, I think it's One Tree Hill on repeat, it's Meek. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am playing, I'm playing a U2, I'm playing One Tree Hill on repeat and I'm having a nice glass of OJ, inspired by my other favorite, you know, oh, yes. teen show. Yes, the OC. And yeah, and oh, what's the other one that I've always made fun of? Do you make fun of all of them? The third it's... one. True. Uh, I haven't I watched remember. any of them. Put it that way. Yeah, you really should. You should watch Runaways. I feel Runaways would be a good one to enjoy. That's oh, uh... Runaways is new though, right? Oh yeah, it's sort of new. Dawson's Creek, I'm that's the like, other one you probably didn't know. Oh, watch. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. I actually watched a clip of that the other day about Pacey and Dawson having a moment. And I was like, oh, I don't care for this. As a uh, fun little fact, that Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill are actually filmed in the same town. And oh, um, Like is it yeah. in their, their lore is set in the same town or like they just happen to be filmed in the same town? They happen to be filmed in the same town. And so Dawson's Creek wrapped up and then like a year later, One Tree Hill started filming. So uh, most of the car, most of the crew and all the locals are like, yeah, we don't care. You're just another actor coming through. Uh, More fun facts about a show that we're not talking about. <laughs> this is how we ended up related. with like three hour episodes, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Because of the, this is the deep, deep lore that people come to this podcast for. It really is. It really is. Uh, but this podcast, this episode is the wrap up of the Gossip Aww. Girls season one, 2007. Uh, we've reached the end. It was uh, quite a journey. Um, what a journey. What a hero's journey we've been on. It was, well, Maybe the start of the hero's journey. I think that was a, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but we're talking about how this season, how this show in particular could be turned into an RPG and the things we like about it, the things we don't like about it. Just kind of the general mm. overview of how we feel about this show now that we've gotten through a season. I personally, mm. Um, mm. I've had mixed emotions about this show mm. as we've watched mm -hmm. it. Uh, Joy yeah. and, and elation are different. That's correct. I, yes, yes. Um, there's been frustration at times. But mm -hmm. frustration a... at how few episodes there were to watch. <laughs> no, definitely not at that. <laughs> I've been um, more, I have had a new appreciation for it. Frustrations that that orange jacket is now out of stock and you can never buy oh the my... Chuck Bass orange I... jacket. I am Hermes? thankful because I am I, I am certain that you or someone listening would fucking send that thing to me. You know um, what? Send it to me. That's a good dope jacket. That's worth I, a lot of money. I, that's why I feel bad because I feel obligated to like burn it and like film it for everyone no. online. And I'm like, that's so expensive. Oh my God, I can't do that. You'd feel obligated to wear it because you'd get it and you'd put it on. You'd be like, oh God, I would. I'm Chuck Bass. I would. I mean, I can see why he became a mimetic god, essentially. Just that idea of mm. I'm Chuck Bass. It's like, yeah, but mm. you weren't always. You were just kind of poorly written to begin with. I just, this is, actually, we'll get into it. The, my problems okay. with the show. My right. problems with the show that we just watched, Gossip Girl yeah. 2007. Let's get that. Let's get, this will be the shortest part of this whole yeah. episode. So let's it will be, because you won't say anything. <laughs> Uh, this is Gossip Girl 2007, created by Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz, who have had a, a long and distinguished career making television shows. Um, my problems with the show were that we had a lot of implied knowledge. Or actually, it wasn't even so much implied knowledge. It was told knowledge that mm. was never really backed up. Like, I think I was talking about this in a couple of weeks ago, where it was things like they were saying, oh, at, the, at some point people thought Eric was Gossip Girl. And that mm. felt like something that had been talked about online. But we in the show mm. had never come up. Come up. Mm. Mm. And I think I said this as well, that the first half of that season, it felt like they were going for a very heavy drama, heavy issues, 
everything is is intense there's so many feelings going on and then as the back half started to come through they dropped a lot of that and just went for the melodrama and the the heightened reality of it all it's like look how rich we are look how silly this all is how ridiculous yeah. our co- like who really has a problem like this yeah and yeah. that didn't really ground it anymore and it became a better show because of it i think mm. but trying to get away from that first eight episodes it's yeah it's not as it's a slog to get through for me and i mean talking about dnd just to to bring it in before me mm. says something and <laughs> just ruins my entire argument it's those first initial steps of a campaign when you're still not quite sure what it's going to be like that you're still for kind sure. of working it like you you don't get a session zero with um with television like you get a pilot so you kind of get Mm -hmm. to see what it's going to be like but they drop so many things from like the fact that chuck was a he assaulted two women in the pilot Mm. yeah and that felt like this is who his character is going to be and then they just had to they didn't but they should have drawn him back from that Mm. like i don't think there's ever an apology that he assaulted serena there's never an apology that he assaulted jenny yeah they just kind of forget that it ever happened. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, we're just going to just ignore that because yeah. now you're making better choices. So that's the same thing with uh, not the assault part, but the, um, the D&D thing. It's like, yeah, we said this in the first session, but that was before I needed that character to be a big bad. So we're just going to forget that that yeah. bit happened. And most yeah. of the players don't take notes after the first session anyway, so you're probably okay uh, to, to change <laughs> things at that first couple of first sessions. It'll be, it'll be all right. So anyway, that's my yeah. my major problem with the show. The rest of it, I mean, Dan's a sociopath, we know that, but you go into watching that he's a sociopath. Yeah, but it's it's fun to watch it under the lens of, what's, what's the show he's in now? Him? Her? You. It? You. Uh, anyway. You went <laughs> through you a few of them. watch it under the pretense that it's like the same character, it's kind yeah. of great. And I've read a lot of like stuff online where people have like been like, oh my gosh, it's the same like watch that as if it's like Dan Humphreys and it's great. It's amazing. I'm certain um, that Penn Badgley yeah. went into you thinking, hey, I can just play the same character and it's this wonderful little commentary on who I'm famous for and mm. people will recognize that and really enjoy it. It feels like he's the kind of guy that would be into that. Yeah, for sure. I should point out being um, into that that whole cleverness of it, not actually murdering people. <laughs> we're not, we're not. After the Arnie Hammer thing, we can't, we have to be, we have to be more specific. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Look, you know, I do love this show. I've watched it several, several times. I definitely did find watching it this time. I think I cringed a little bit more than I probably have in the past just because, yeah, I think there are things that, you know, today, because when I watched it, like I watched it in 2007 and I like rewatched it almost like every year, like for a couple of years Mm. straight after. So it was kind of in the bubble and now rewatching it after, a few years I was like ah yeah that's not as cool as I remember it being Mm -hmm. um but the fashion's still amazing the storytelling's still amazing I love the kind of like my I don't know I love the idea of like upper class and lower class and these kind of like dramas that happen between them you know I love that in like you know medieval times when you talk about like you know the peasants versus the nobility mm-hmm. um and it's definitely like what I've literally based I still stand by the fact that I based my whole homebrew world around this idea of like the Upper East Siders versus the like plebs essentially. Now I want to talk um, a little bit more about your your campaign because you mentioned mm. a few times on the podcast and when you say that, are these two groups intermingling regularly? Is this like there is a magical school that they go to and like you've got the the people from the haves and the people from the have-nots coming in contact regularly? Or is it a little bit more like you pick which side you're from and then the adventures will take place in the other sphere or back in your sphere? Yeah, no, I've kind of set it up like that. But there's, so there's the capital, which is very much like, the like nobility and like the royal family and stuff and like then there's like literally just like squalor beside that but it's all gated and kind of you know kept away so that you could be someone born into nobility and not really even know what's actually happening on the outside world Hmm. um but also in my game I've built it so that early on in the first like 
in the first kind of five episode arc, the party are introduced to someone that represents the nobility and they're introduced to someone that represents the kind of rebellion and they essentially get to choose. And I had planned out two different paths depending on, because both of them have valid points, right? Mm. Like, you know, you, you you might not agree with the points, but like the nobility's thing is that they, you know, they think that they are the rightful owners of the land. They think that they are doing the right thing. They think they give enough money to help the land. You know, they donate this, they donate that, they give away this and that. Um, but they're just so out of touch. It's like uh, Mary Antoinette, right? When she built that whole like farmer's village outside of Paris because she wanted to appeal to the everyman and but all the farmers were just like, what are you doing? Mm. Like we don't have food, but you have enough money to build a fake farm for you to yeah. like. To go and play but, at being poor. Yeah, to, exactly. To be, to pretend, but like, but I, I think from what I've understood of the history is that she genuinely wasn't doing it as a like, you know, fuck you guys. She was doing it as a like, I want to see what it's like to be, you know, I want to have something in common with my people. I've heard a a couple of things like that as well, that she wanted to kind of work for the things that she developed. It's like that desire in humanity to Mm. work with your hands and actually build something that obviously she didn't. There's so much stuff with Mary Antoinette that that could be developed. But also, you know, you've also got on the the side of the rebellion that I have in this, in this uh, world as well is that they they use murder and assassinations to take down high powerful figures is that okay like mm. you know it's that kind of moral thing of like okay well you've partnered with them but now you're just killing off people that you know uh, have money and haven't maybe necessarily done anything particularly bad they're just you know on that side where does your morality stand with that now um, yeah it's like one person's freedom fighter is sides. another one's terror uh, one person's freedom exactly. fighter is another person's terrorist yeah yeah so i mean not that we go into that in gossip girl but it's that whole idea of you know those two they're from different worlds Mm -hmm. um and i always love it when like in my yeah if the party has like a representative from each of those worlds with like a backstory that's always the best right because there's that conflict built in from the start Mm. um but yeah i definitely agree though that like any tv show it does take a few episodes for it to get its legs and to get consistency um, yeah. But again, that's just like D and D, like you said. You know, we've all had characters that you've gone in being like, all right, this character is going to be this type of person, and you know, I'm going to see them going on this arc, and then within three, you know, three sessions, they've accidentally murdered some villager, and you're like, well, mm-hmm. guess I'm the bad guy, or like, well, guess I've got to deal with that. Um, I think that that's very true because I've got a character at the moment which is kind of this dynamic: the the haves and the have-nots, who grew up as mm. a have-not loving the idea of that he's basically jenny um where he's this he wants to be the gentleman thief the scarlet pimpernel who like robs from the rich but steals for himself because you know he wants Mm. to be wealthy but he wants to be well known as his little persona and what he's becoming Mm. he's essentially a thug with these delusions of grandeur and he's becoming this absolute asshole like he Mm. no one else around him likes him but he still thinks because he's pretty He's, yeah. he's basically, again, he's kind of a mix between Jenny and, and Dan. Of Because he's pretty, everyone comes to him. But deep down, yeah. he's just this horrible human being who seems to be getting his comeuppance pretty quickly. And I wanted to play him mm. originally as, I'm suave and sophisticated, but when the gloves are off, I will stab you until you die. And there's yeah. not so much the suave and sophistication at the moment. There's a lot <laughs> more of the, I'm going to cut your throat because you pissed me off kind of thing. Yeah. Do you and see so, that yeah. character, though, coming on an arc of like something's going to happen where someone close to him is going to get like killed or he's going to have severe injury himself and then finally be like, ah, maybe this isn't the right path. I'm not sure. I'm kind of hoping that he never learns the lesson and he ends up being a tragic, this is what you do if you do it wrong. Oh, okay. ends up dying. Like his, his current storyline is that he's been infected by some dark power and it's slowly eating away at him. And he's essentially mm-hmm. going to do anything it takes to to save himself. And oh, I'm just okay. waiting for the dungeon master to give me the choice of do you betray your friends to save yourself or do you yeah, right. take the risk that it's going to get worse but keep your friends. And right now mm. I'm not sure which way he'd go. And I think if he betrayed his friends or the rest of the party essentially, I would stop mm-hmm. playing him. Yeah, I right. would, that'd be I it. Would, that'd be it. I'd like, he is no longer a hero. He is no longer an anti-hero. He is an antagonist. He is a villain. 
I don't want to play him anymore because he has. You give that character sheet to your DM and go, yeah. Enjoy yeah, that. There you go. That is yours now. You can do what you want with them. You're probably going to get slaughtered pretty easily. And I'll play a much lighter, nicer character. But I would like to see him never learn from his mistakes. Because I have another character who's similar who has learned from his mistakes. And he's the comic relief. Because he does mm-hmm. stupid things, but he's like, but I'm trying to get better. The characters who don't mm. try to get better, they're the tragic ones. Mm. Because they never learn. Yeah. And I'm wonder- going back to, to Gossip Girl... Who are the characters mm. you think from that first season that never learn? That never learn? Yeah. I was going to say, my first one comes ahead of my is Georgina, but that's also because I have better knowledge of what happens in the future. Um, I don't feel like uh, Blair's mum has really had growth yet. Uh, what's her name Well, again? she hasn't had oh to. Gosh. Eleanor. Eleanor. Same as but that's why she mom. comes in next season because you know <gasps> Jenny's got the internship with mm. Eleanor Waldorf Designs. Um, I don't. Know, I think the main core characters all have growth in some respects. Like that main, like your your Nate, your um, your Chuck, your Dan, your Serena. Uh, your I Blair. feel like Nate and Blair had the most growth through the season. About Chuck. Chuck learned to love. Yeah, but then he. And then he learned to get sleep. scared by love, but he learned to love. See, no, his I heart don't think... grew three times bigger. I feel that Chuck already had the capability of love, and he already did love because he says that he's in love with Blair, and he kind of always has been. Mm. Which is again a problem because you need that implied, you need that knowledge to look back at his actions through that first half of the season. And see that he's in love with her to understand why he's acting the way he is. Oh my gosh, you can see he's in love with her. You don't need to imply. It's it's so clear the the like standing over her shoulder and the like little bants. Oh but my he does gosh. that. He does that to everyone. No, it's different to Blair. You look, there's a little sparkle in his eye when he does it to Blair. Yeah, I'll give. It's I, different. I'm wondering how much of it was um, Ed Westwick and like having a massive crush on Leighton Meester. Maybe. Yeah, um, that's the other chemistry. one. Veronica Mars was the other one because that was similar too. That um... oh, is that a sci-fi? You're gonna you, miss you this should... so much. No, I get it regularly. So much. I get it regularly anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, that you know what? I'm not going to even tell, tell you about it. You can people can ask me in person. Um, yeah, that what I was saying is that he, if he's been in love with her this entire time that he already knew how to love and because he's scared of it he has actually backslid his growth was that he was being able to open up about it and admit it to someone it wasn't her i'll point out he could only admit it to nate for some reason and then he's just like yeah it's broken yeah yeah which again chuck why are you this is why my my chuck nate theory happened at the start of the season as well because they are incredibly close yeah it's like it's one of those things as where two male characters can be without <laughs> anything else given their amount of connection and like the the relation between them it feels like they're tragically heterosexual like the line from parks and rec it's like yeah they could be a perfect perfect um pairing but they are tragically heterosexual well nate is anyway mm. Because I'm certain it's confirmed that Chuck's by later on, isn't bi, it? For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's a hedonist. Uh, anyway, that he <laughs> yeah. learns and he backslides. That yeah. he, he all of his growth he undoes. And it's like, if, yeah. if, if you're able to go back that easily, is it really growth? Mm. Yeah, fair. Anyway, yeah, that's just um, another problem I have with Chuck Bass. <laughs> I have, Let's I have talk about problems. the scarves. How yes. good are his? How, oh my good, God, is, the how good is his scarves? Oh my god, the scarves! There was a line that I think we missed in the um, the final episode where Blair's making fun of his scarf, and she, yeah, he's like, yeah, but you were wearing only the scarf or something, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah. I'll try to find a clip of it. What? When? Where? Why? We were up late plotting against Georgina. We must have dozed off. And you were on the floor. I didn't want to hurt my back. Why? It's not like you ever do anything athletic. Well, that's not entirely true now, is it? Fine. Nothing that requires removing your scarf. It was one time. It was chilly. Enough about the past. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. it's a nice little thing that they that it became so self-aware by the end of the show. Yeah. That they were so aware yeah. of what people were talking about and they lent into the ridiculousness of it rather than just go, no, no, we're making a show and it is like this and we will never change uh, because we have an artistic vision. It's like, no, no, we'll just make fun. Yeah. We're, we're making a silly show for teenagers. Pretty much this, the way I would wrap up the whole series, like start like one to eight or nine, whatever it was, is that is the love story of Chuck and Blair mm. with just like shit thrown around it through the whole, like the rest of it gets so farcical very quickly. Yeah. But as long as you just keep like the main story is Blair and Chuck's love story and the rest is like just fluff. That's the way I, that's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's certainly the way it wasn't marketed to begin with, but that's what it became. Mm. Like people, the mm. creators were well aware of why people were tuning in week after week after that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. Yeah, there's a theory that I talk about, which is the A and B couples, um, which I think is mm. not something that I came up with. But in a show, you have the A couple, which is the Ross and Rachel. It's the mm-hmm. um, JD and Elliot from Scrubs. It's mm-hmm. Buffy and Angel. It's the pairing that will they, won't they, people tune in every week for that drama. Like, yeah. will you get a moment where they step closer or draw apart? And then you have the B couple. And mm-hmm. the B couple is solid. And the B couple never changes. And the B couple you can rely on to do B couple stuff. And in shows like Friends, it's Chandler and Monica. In The OC, yeah. it's Seth and Summer. Um in One Tree Hill, for those interested, it's um, it's Nathan and Haley, and or in in Scrubs, I use Scrubs earlier. It's uh, Turk and Turk and Carla. Carla, yeah. These characters, yeah, sure. their relationship is what the drama is trying to be like. Mm. It's the the touchstone for the audience to say this is what you could have, this is what you yeah. want your your great couple that you're watching every week to have. And Gossip Girl started off with the whole Serena Dan thing, and that felt like they were going to be the A couple. Mm. And it feels like now it's switched to Blair and Chuck. Like they have become. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of Serena Dan, but who really cares, honestly? Yeah. Like Like you kind of know that Serena and Dan are going to get together by the end of the show. You're not so certain about Blair and Chuck, are you? I mean, as someone who's a a believer in true love, never doubted it for a second, but sure. Yeah. I I want to talk about this because there's a great thing for Veronica Mars. I know you think it's a sci-fi show, but it's not actually. It's a really great noir show set in in California. Um, And you should Mm -hmm. watch it. It's fun. Um, They had three seasons and the main couple that ended season one, there was a lot of will they, won't they and stuff, but the main couple that ended Mm -hmm. season one did not end season three. They were apart at the end of the show. But there was oh. always this indication that sometime in the future they will get together. Right. And, and then... like they talk about their love is one that spans gener- not generations, but it spans empires and it's like, you know, gone with the wind, war and peace, Anna Karenina style, tragic. They can't drag themselves away from each other. They just keep coming back. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I was expecting from Chuck and Blair. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I love that idea for D&D as well. And whether it's NPCs mm. that we throw in or whether you can have two characters in a party that you just can't get away from each other. Yeah. Like, this is why I we're adventuring t- together. It's like, because you just yeah. can't. You have to. I hate that person, but I've got to work with them and I've got to save oh the gosh, world with actually. them. actually... Speaking of this, because I think something that's missing out of my whole D&D life that I haven't experienced yet, and I probably never will, is like D&D romance. Because I'm just not sure I, as a human, can be mm-hmm. vulnerable enough at a table to to role play romance. I just don't think, I don't think my brain is smart enough to to decipher those two things. I'm just such a hopeless romantic that like, I just don't trust myself. Yeah. Um, but I am currently rebuilding a character of mine. And uh, I was looking at who, I literally have it open here. This is a, it's a homebrew, a Voyager's Guide to Chimoria. You ever heard oh, yeah. of this? It's from yeah, DM's Guild. And yeah. there's a thing called being a sunkist, right? Which is where they kind of come back as like a is good vampire, kind of. Oh, my God, stop it. I, I don't like when it comes back the other way. <laughs> That's an 
not fun. Um, fun fact, Sonic is sponsored a, a lot of One Tree Hill. They have a theme. Jesus. Where's our sponsorship? If Sunkist wants to sponsor this podcast, I mean, look, this is our last ep of this, but I'm sure yeah. moving forward, Sunkist will be an amazing partner. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they have a thing called a soul warden, which is where you have like a loving bond. It doesn't have to be romantic. It could be like a family bond or a friend bond, but let's be real. It's always going to be a lover. And essentially you like can absorb harm for them and like you you they let you like feed on them mm -hmm. and then they get stuff out of it anyway i love the idea like i would love to have someone in my party like that we had two characters that were connected in that way it'd be amazing oh, yeah. yeah that'd be really interesting there's um in monster hearts which mm -hmm. i remember we were going to talk more about in gossip girl when we first started it and realized that there's there's a lot to do but there is a class which is called the mortal and uh -huh. this is based on the um the base character essentially in a lot of teen supernatural romance where it's just you're yeah. the human that falls in love with the werewolf or the vampire or the zombie or the mummy or whatever it is in this this genre mm -hmm. and you have to have a connection with another character in the party like that where it's like you get benefits if they're around but you have like um detriments when they're gone like yeah, you're yeah, a lot yeah. more danger because it, you're in a world it's a really, really good way to do it. Now, I want to kind of springboard off that to mm. talking about Gossip Girl again, because mm. um, you're saying this connection would kind of lead more into the potential for romance and, and role play mm. um, with the sun-kissed warden idea. Yeah. Gossip Girl is very heavily about relationship dynamics and intrigue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think D&D &D is the best rpg system to set a adventure it's set stories like gossip girl or do you think Look, there'd be something I, a bit more like monster hearts where you're more about the character and more about things like that maybe it's because i'm biased because i pretty much only exclusively play 5e but i think mm. it's no i think it's perfect because like i guess it depends on the top because this is the great thing about D, &D and this is why i love it is that how you play the game and how you take mechanics is up to you if you want to be a kind of dm that's like 80 percent combat and strategy 20 percent rpg like role-playing you can do that if you want to be the opposite though and be 80 percent role play with 20 percent combat you can be which is probably what my games generally end up being i'm much more about the npc interactions finding clues from npcs you know who do you who do you get on the good side of by making connections to get more information to maybe be able to diplomacy your way around combats and stuff like that um but i definitely think dnd works perfectly for it i mean between like deception checks and you know uh like charisma checks and i think about like oh my gosh like a charm person or like friends and stuff when you're trying to like woo a what's that netflix show at the moment inventing anna that one about the fake oh, socialite yeah. Yeah. Who like, yeah, I want to make that NPC in my world somewhere as well. That's like, you meet somewhere and they say that they're nobility and then it takes ages for you to find out. Actually, they're just full of shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that would work so well in your world where there's not that cross yeah, between exactly. nobility and none. Yeah. People yeah. trying to pass themselves off. I would wonder because Gossip Girl is not one that you can have a lot of combat. Um, I know Matt Cole. I don't know. I don't know. Blair throwing down like like that hockey scene, right? Like let's just Oh let's Serena's just all... willing to throw hands. Serena will always yeah. throw hands. And, and so Blair will Dan, would be the actually. one Blair would be the one if this was like a PvP, you know, battle royale, Blair casts invisibility first round mm -hmm. and just fucking like camps yeah. until a few other people take each other out and then when she's saved all those spell slots comes in and like just mockery <sighs> all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, sure. let's, let's do that. Let's um, do that real quickly. What class okay. are they all? I know we talked oh, about this in the season. Oh, I know. It's just so hard. I think I think Blair is a sorcerer. Yeah. I de definitely Blair is a magic user and I think you're yeah, right. yeah, sorcerer yeah. charisma that yeah. um, maybe I was possibly a little thinking bit of rogue warlock? in there. Warlock? Oh yeah. 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 Um Yeah. I'm trying to think of who's the bard, right? Because that's where I go to first. Like, who is See, the bard? I, would, I guess. Mm. Well, I but maybe we do them one by one. Like, we do we done Blair? Okay. We say Blair's a sorcerer, okay. maybe a warlock, yeah, but probably more sorcerer. Let's do yeah. Dan because I think Dan is the bard. Mm. 
I think Dan is, but your in particular, I think Dan is the new uh, Taldori book that came out, the tragedy bard, oh, the yeah. one that like the emo bard for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He draws he draws power from other people's misery and their emotions, yeah, yeah, yeah. their their sympathy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The pathos 100%. of the stories. Yeah, I think that's yeah. definitely Dan because he does. The, I love that. Actually, that's a great idea. Somebody whose patron are their followers. Mm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so they look like a bard and they perform like a bard, but they're actually a warlock. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And I think that's very much Dan because he does super have super interesting. He's got that build. cruel streak. That um, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's Dan. Absolutely. Um, okay. Nate's a champion fighter all the way. Yeah, folk folk hero, folk human hero champion fighter. fighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With yeah. a maxed out charisma stat for some reason. Yeah. He just rolled really good for some reason on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Done. Oh, but his wisdom and intelligence, like, way down. Yeah. To dump stats. Yeah. Maybe not wisdom. Like, wisdom's, it's middling. But compared to everyone else around him, it's pretty high. Um, but intelligence, yeah. way down. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do Serena then. Uh, see, I'm not sure if maybe Serena could be like a cleric. Yeah, but she's a little bit, a little bit chaotic for cleric. Like she could, she could be a sorcerer slash cleric, like a wild magic sorcerer. Like so, she has this kind of yin and yang of like she tries to do good, and then sometimes mm. she just accidentally turns her party member into a pot plant. Yeah. Um, but you know, she tries to fix stuff, which is why I think like the the healer, like you know, when when her and Blair are first in that fight, you know, she's the one that comes over with breakfast at Tiffany's, and I don't know, she tries to fix things, and she wants to, you know. Well, I'd say um, maybe high wisdom, high charisma sorcerer. Oh yeah. But again, middling intelligence, uh, middling everything else. It's like got mm. two things, can see all these things going wrong, but doesn't quite have the skills to fix it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that would fit, actually. And again, tie in that wild magic sorcerer where it's like, oh, I'm meaning to do good, but just something goes wrong. Yeah. Like a weirdness yeah. magnet for her as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with um, that. I stand by that. And then we have, well, I feel that's pretty obvious who Chuck is or what Chuck is. All right, ready? On three. One, One two, two, three. three. Warlock. Warlock. Amazing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you were going to say rogue. I was, no. He's not a rogue. Oh my he's gosh, so look at that orange warlock. jacket. He, yeah, he's absolutely I've, walker. And his patron is Daddy Bass. Yes. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> he is so... Yeah, he Did is I tell you that Daddy Bass ends up... Do, do you want spoilers for yeah, the give, rest of the series? Uh, for those listening, if you don't want spoilers, uh, turn the sound down for the next minute or two. Um, we'll be mm. back talking about other shit and pretty soon, I'm sure, we'll find a tangent. Uh, yes, but please give me spoilers. Daddy Bass dies, right? Yeah. And but then there's like then he comes back and they're not sure for a while if it's a ghost or if it's like he faked his death. It's uh, and then there's a mummy Bass that comes in. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's honestly, it's that weird. Like, it's one of the weirdest. This was like the like penultimate season. And I remember watching it with my friend and us both being like, "Are we still watching this show? Like, this is bad. Like, this, this is, is passions level bad." Yes, yes, it is. Like, it is passions level bad. Of like, and then there's like a thing about his mum's like comes back, but then oh, I don't know. It gets real weird. So wait, anyway, the whole does... Bass family gets real weird. I'm sure. I think it was already pretty weird. When does uh, when does Bart die? Uh, late, late. Like I wanted to say, like the second last season or something. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of time for him to become Bart Bass Bad Dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a total okay. jerk. He like this, shits on everything Chuck does. And this first season, he's not a bad dad. Yeah. Looked in in exclusive in exclusion of the rest of the show, Bart Bass. He he's doing what he can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you still feel like there's just something about him though? He's just oh. he is. He feels like someone who has definitely given someone concrete shoes and chucked them in the river. Oh yeah. But he cares about his family, and that's kind of key to it. 
No, but he cares about like the family. Like, I don't yeah, think he cares like about the, the family as in like the family. Yeah, like. Well, I don't think it's really like his son, the family. I think he means no, like I anyone who it... looks after him, the family. I think I think it's part of that, but I feel that he does care about Chuck as Chuck. Like he's doing a dad thing. Like he sees Chuck and fucking around and going to parties and sleeping with everyone he's like no my son is better than this like i know he has better stuff in him but he's not focusing on the the right in inverted commas things the things that i care about so Mm. he's trying to get like he's doing he doesn't understand chuck but he's trying Mm. and he just wants good things like he I, i said it before when we talked about the episode that he's building the empire for chuck to take over he's not building the empire as an extension of himself and chuck is an extension of himself he's like no no when i'm gone chuck will take over and chuck will have a great life that's how it felt in that first season to me okay i, and I, I reckon think it's i completely really find it very hard by later seasons yeah i look i think it's just very hard for me to separate what i know and and watch it with clean yeah. eyes i think he was underwritten because... honestly this first season Ugh. Even just the way he like that weird thing with him and um fucking what's her name uh Lily, Lily? in the apartment yeah. and like how like he knows about Rufus but he's not going to say it but like it's a it's a borderline threat like it is a borderline well no I think it's a borderline threat of can you let your past go because I it's fine right now once we're married it either ends or you end like either you and Rufus yeah, end or we end. And you need me. Yeah, so but do, I get the feeling it's like either you and Rufus end or you end. Or maybe it's like all said, Rufus Those ends. concrete boots are coming out. Yeah, Maybe, like see what I mean? I just... He's more likely to kill Rufus than he is to kill Lily. Sure. But see, I'm on board with that because I love that sort of villain. Yeah. That's... Honestly... Well, that's if the thing, I was he is a writing, villain, though. If, if I was writing this, Bart Bass would be the villain. Well, spoilers, he does become. Yeah. So um, going Also going, Nate Fox Nate Fox uh, uh Duchess. No, well, better Liz Hurley. Did I Nice. Did I go through yeah. That's also yeah, one of my favorite like what the what moments? <laughs> yeah. Uh Nate. Yeah. Anyway, um, kids, sorry. Yeah. As a, a weird connection, which I probably cut, we'll see. Uh, as a weird connection, the last episode, which I know of, mm-hmm. has uh, Rachel Bilson coming to read for the role of Blair. Ah! Oh. Uh, because she was on the OC, so of course they brought her in yeah. and like, hey, pretend that you're an actor and gonna, this is going to be a movie. Uh, so Rachel Bilson married Adam Brody, who was on the OC with her. Uh, then they split mm-hmm. up and he married Leighton Meester. Oh, that's right. And now they have a bunch of kids together. That's like, yeah. yeah. So Good connections, connections. That's what Hollywood is. That's what it is. It's just a very small town with a lot of rich people. Going, yeah. Rich going, and attractive. It's true. Okay. So we've decided what, what classes all the characters mm. are from, from the, the D and D ones. Yeah. And what kind of adventures would you put them on then? If you've got a campaign that's purely Gossip Girl, so this is set New York. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. set kind of a fantasy New York, so it's sort of like Dimension 20's um, Sleepless City. Yep, yep. Well, definitely you've got to have Regina George coming back with C. Like, that's that's its own whole thing, Regina George? Not Regina, oh my gosh. A crossover with Mean Girls. (laughs) Georgina Sparks. Yeah. Um, That definitely has to be one. I think uh, getting to the Greek style situation where you've got to get Link and Hawk to their gig on time and you have to be yeah. some kind of like, uh, you know, security, like escort mission. Uh, what else happened this season? Just SATs. Oh. That is, everyone has to sit their SATs. So you would have more outside influences on the main party. You wouldn't try to play them off against each other. I don't oh i don't know i get mm, i just don't really like party i'm so anti-pvp in a party because my experience with it and again this is with like kids though mostly is that it just gets so off the rails so quickly um i haven't seen it done 
respectfully, I guess, yet. And, like, yeah. in the parties that I've been lucky enough to play in, we just don't. Like, the characters, it might be a snarky comment here and there, but there's not. it's not PvP. It's more just, like, trying to understand each other and kind of just through, like, shared experience, you begin to appreciate, you know, yeah. you find out something about someone else's backstory. And you're like, oh, that's why mm. you care so much about money. Or, oh, that's why you're, you know, so about hitting stuff. I don't know. I think there's a meta element of the game. Well, I know there's a meta element of the game where you all remember we're sitting down and we're a party and we have to work together for the story to continue. Mm, mm. And I think if you've got a group of adventurers who act like the main characters of Gossip Girl, you can't have adventures. Yeah. Because there's always the thing where Blair's not talking to Chuck for reasons or Blair's not talking to Serena for reasons or Jenny's not talking to Blair for reasons. Like, yeah. you can't have that in a, an RPG party unless the character, or the character, unless the player is away for some reason. Yeah. Like, you write them out of that episode because, you know, they're taking care of their kid or they've got a work function or whatever yeah. it is. Like, you get have to have that meta contextuality of why they're not there or why why the group is together in the first place but if you have someone like georgina come in if you have someone like bart there if you have a yeah. um um a, a quest for them to go on like getting them to lincoln hawk on time and yeah. oh that'd be a fun one that because i was thinking that so much of the drama from gossip girl comes from their interpersonal conflict but if mm. you give them basic adventures like you need to get across the city by this point how do you do it mm. and then you just put obstacles in their way yeah so you don't have to have monsters you don't have to have villains you just have day-to-day -day life in new york and stuff happening to them and yeah. that's the adventure it's it's seinfeld it's like this is a game about nothing you just have everyday stuff occur to them and they've got to deal with it in like random ways but they're I mean, you know, I do, Upper East Siders. They have to deal totally. with poor people in Brooklyn. We could also just make uh, Daddy Bass a vampire or a lich and be done with it and sure. make Georgina uh, like some cultist leader and be done with it as well. Like very easy to transfer. Or a hag maybe. I don't know. Would you make her a hag? I think a hag's probably No, probably right. not. I, I think it's definitely She's... some sort of fey creature. But she has to be able to shapeshift. Yeah. Oh, just an illusion. Maybe it's just a shapeshifter. Yeah, just yeah, a, a doppelganger. She's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Bart Bass. Oh, that's perfect. Bart Bass is the vampire lord and Chuck is his spawn, uh, mm. who's decided to be a hero instead, and he's fallen in with these yeah. adventurers. Yeah. Love Sting it. riots itself. It really does. This is why you chose it, isn't it? Because you saw that there were so many great elements that could come Again. to D&D. I, I like when I, I, I stand by the fact, like when I wrote my homebrew world, like mm. this was one of my literal go-to things where I looked back on like, uh, not so much I didn't re-watch the series, but just thought back and like looked at photos and stuff and looked at like, I was like, yeah, this is what I, this is what I want to, I want to explore. Cause that's mm -hmm. my exposure. It's cause I don't watch a lot of media. Okay. It's just gossip going <laughs> I'm sure on there repeat. Are better examples of this. But I don't know. I, I think it's like, kind of retreading ground that everyone else treads as well. Yeah. Like if you want to have the they're from different worlds, the rich and poor is a pretty straightforward um, divide. And I think something for me as well, a bit of a bugbear in D and D is I feel like sometimes an wealth... actual bugbear. <laughs> Not an actual bugbear. Hey, a metaphorical bugbear. Maybe it could be a real bugbear. Is like I for me gold is really important. Like I take it very seriously, and like as a DM, mm. I make sure that everyone is like counting coin constantly, and I'm constantly my players like, how much coin do you have? Where's your coins? Well, who's holding your money? Um, whereas I feel like in a lot of the games, you just put it in a bag of holding, and oh, you've got like thirty thousand gold. You can buy whatever you want. No, 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 no. That's not that's not right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. if i can't afford to buy a house in real life we're definitely not playing <laughs> one fantasy world all right money is tight you got to keep hold of that stuff this um, is one thing that i love in one of my regular games well i say regular games it's one of the ones i run at fortress and yeah. early on i explain like i give the players i go cool you've all got 10 gold from the last job you did um because that's their starting amount so they can go shopping if they want and i tell them in this world 50 gold is a year's salary 
Mm. Like, so you've got 10 gold and that's supposed to last you for a while. And yeah. then a little later, they come across some muggers. Um, hopefully this doesn't spoil this for a whole bunch of people who are going to come and play with me at Fortress. I'll just run something different. It's fine. They come across a whole <laughs> bunch of muggers. And if they kill them and loot their pockets, they find that these guys are carrying like 20 gold each. Yeah, right. And it's like, that's... And everyone's like, wow, that's a lot of money. We got so much money now. We can do this. And then yeah. someone else, even wealthier, comes along and goes, hey, I'll pay you a thousand gold each for doing this job for me. And they're like, oh my God. And they're like, oh, is that not enough? Should I should I pay you more? So you get the idea that he has absolutely no idea of how much money is worth. Except the yeah. twist is he paid those guys to pretend to mug him and he's never going to pay the party that much money oh, because they're going to be patsies it. for him. So there's this... This element of I, I wow them I how it. much money there could be to begin with, being aware that you're never going to get that much. But it is very quickly show them this is the, the value of money in this world. Yeah. I just feel like money is such a, an underrated like part of, of D&D in so mm. many games. And maybe it's because I'm not a combat-focused player either, but like I just... I don't know. I just really feel like the economics of my world. Like I have a whole thing about the economics of my world and, you know, how it's all broken down. And mm. I don't know. I will need to anyway. ask your advice on some of that because my current world of um, Balzaab, which you play in, uh, oh. does need I'm economics aware. in um, a significant regard because I have no idea where their money comes from. Well, I think the lecturers should earn the most money and should make all the money. <laughs> And especially the lecturing assistants, I think they'd be one of the most well-paid. I feel your character is suddenly speaking through you at the moment. What? No, no idea what you're talking about. No, I like that idea that they, essentially a lot of this world is adventurers going out and raiding tombs and finding ancient magical objects and then selling yeah. them the, to the highest bidder or selling them to a shop, which will then sell them on to somewhere else. But that's, again, mm. if you're selling it to a shop, the shop doesn't want to pay full price for that. It's not going to pay what it's no. worth because they're going to want to pay, well, make even more off someone else. So how much am I actually asking for it when it's a basic magic item from from um, the from the Dungeon Master's Guide? It's like I'm a, they're going to say, well, you pay me 100 and I'm going to sell it for 500 And then if yeah. the, that same party then goes to a different shop and finds the same thing for sale, it's like, are they also going to pay 500 for it when they can just go and keep something? It's, the economy of magic items becomes this huge issue yeah anyway yeah absolutely i think as well like encumbrance is another thing that i yeah. think some people i'm i'm a little bit more okay with fluffing that one under the rug because i don't know if i really want to deal with it but it's another thing of like it's just a way to make it you know sure oh, you're going to take that giant urn from the tomb and you're also going to take that statue who's carrying that how are you carrying that out mm -hmm. like that's always a good one yeah when it comes to coinage, I think everyone forgets how much mon how much coins really weigh. Yes, yes. Um, I tend to get around it by saying there are banks in my worlds that you go Ooh, to the bank okay. and you chuck your money in the bank, and anywhere you go, there's probably another bank or someone or some sort of bank who will then be able to contact the other bank and say, "Hey, yes, you've got this much money. You can get out that much money if you really need cash in a in a hurry," because that's how it works in our world. It is, but imagine, like, that's just opening up. So I have a thing, when I teach the gold rush in my school, um, we do, like, a gold rush day, and we have banks, right? And then we base it off, like, the more gold that goes in, the banks will buy the gold for less because they've got more gold. But also, like, there are dodgy banks. And so some of them will just, like, yeah, yeah, I'll take care of your gold. And then if the kids don't ask for a receipt, when they come back to get their money, the bank's like, no, nope, you never gave us your money. Show us where's your receipt. And oh, then wow. some other kid that thought to ask will come and rock up with a receipt to show like, and then they freak out because they're like, you didn't give us a receipt. And it's the best Seeing Like 10 year olds flip out on imaginary money is the best. But I would, if I had banks in my world, that's all I would do is I would only mess over my, mess over mess my over players constantly yeah. till they had no trust in the banks at all. So essentially like <laughs> the real world. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't make me laugh. Uh, that's. I feel like that that gold rush thing. You need to like debrief the kids afterwards and say it's just a thought experiment. Oh, it's do. okay. Oh my god. Oh, we do because like, otherwise we get emails from that's, home. That's uh, a fun little yeah. fact, or something that I feel really important. This is just an aside thing for for D and D. The need to debrief after sessions, 
And I don't know whether you yeah. have this. I find there is a need to sit around for maybe 10, 15 minutes afterwards and just kind of talk about what happened in the game and just kind of wind yeah. back from being in the, the role play focus. Yeah. I agree. I usually, unfortunately, my party, we don't tend to do that because most of us have places to go like by the time our game is due to end. But I usually then have to run to like my partner and be like, oh my God, guess what happened today? That's what partners are for. Yeah. And I'm sure he, I'm sure he's so enthused every Saturday afternoon to sit and listen to me for 15 minutes, talk about my imaginary game with my imaginary Mm -hmm. friends. Oh no, they're real friends, I guess. Well, they're real people. (laughs) Are they? (laughs) Are they? You're not sure Um, anymore, are you? Drivers, if you're listening, are you real? Um, <laughs> no, yeah, like, but I'm sure he loves listening to me just like, and then talk about like, I don't know what's going to happen with this character and I don't know like now what's going to happen. It's kind uh, of like yeah. when you watch a television show and mm. your partner's not watching the show at all and you're trying to explain yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Like, oh, um, yeah, and Chuck said this and oh my God, I can't believe. And you're like, I, I don't, I don't follow, but sure. I don't know what you're talking about. I had this with Euphoria, like my partner trying to explain Euphoria to me, and he's like, you really like it because this happens and this happens. And I was like, it just sounds like a lot of teenagers and sex and drugs, and I don't know so, if that's... Gossip Girl. Yeah. Yeah, but this one's real. This one's like, you know it's real because it's like the lighting is dark. Uh, wait, that's one wait. thing about Gossip Girl. It... What do you mean by Euphoria? Real? Like, you've... Gossip Girl is clearly a caricature from yeah. the get-go. You think Euphoria you... is like meant to be like gritty and like it's meant to be representative of real life, right? Oh, from God. what I understand. That's what's made it so controversial. Oh, I feel that Euphoria is just Gossip Girl 2.0. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And but people, it, oh, yeah. I say give it another six months and Euphoria will be the same same as Gossip Girl was at the end of the season. Like sheer ridiculousness. It's like, yes, that some of these things happen with kids and kids take drugs and a whole bunch of stuff, but not all at once. Like, yeah. if I remember correctly, there's some, like, doesn't one of the characters in Euphoria try to, like, hire a hitman to kill another one? Or, like, yeah, but isn't their that, baby or something? Yeah, that's what I mean by it's, like, gritty. Oh, yeah, it's gritty. But Gossip Girl was a character true. And it went, this is when I say Gossip Girl went wacky. It's like, when did Gossip Girl yeah. get wacky? Because it suddenly went from where that show that parents won't allow you to watch to being like, lol, SATs. Yeah. But yeah, when Gossip I don't, Girl I don't, started, Maybe, maybe I was, should watch Euphoria. Maybe you should watch Euphoria. I'm not going to. No. It looks, it looks it's just, I, the little bits I've seen is also people like beating each other up and there's like actual violence. And I'm like, I don't want any of that. If you want that, we'll just watch Riverdale. Ugh. Don't get me started about freaking Riverdale. Do you know they did a Heather's crossover and it is one of the, like, you know how there's like the seven wonders of the world? There should be the seven atrocities to man. And it's that Heather's episode of Riverdale. Wait, is this the new Heather's that came out? Like Heather's the musical. Oh, Heather's the musical. So it wasn't. Because there was a, a Heather's not um, the movie. TV show. Yes. Yeah. We also don't talk about that. Well, yeah. I don't know. I didn't really actually, I can't make judgment on that. I'm okay. only basing this off. Good. There is a he- Okay, great. I'll take your word for it. There's a Heather's musical, which is beautiful and brilliant. And then Riverdale did an, a musical episode and I got really excited. So like, oh, this will maybe be my gateway drug into this show. And like, maybe I'll really like this show. It is so- how producers didn't look at that show and go, nah, we shouldn't do this. I kind of thought they did. <laughs> oh well it still lives it still exists anyway the fact that it's based on archie comics is what just blows my mind well it's but it's based on the new riverdale the dark riverdale right like the new sabrina right isn't that that the idea it's not based on the original archie comics it's based on the it's based robert roberto aguarius um suarez is this just going to be us talking just absolutely ripping riverdale a new one I, for like 10 minutes? I did not mind the original Riverdale <coughs> season. I kind of enjoyed it, to tell the truth. The showrunner um, was someone who wrote Archer, Afterlife with Archie, which was a take on Life with Archie. Life That's with Archie what I'm was, thinking of. Yeah, Afterlife with Archie was the dark, gritty zombie universe mm. of Riverdale. Yes. Or of Archie Comics. And then they got that guy to remake the teen show, but without zombies. And... 
apparently that kind of went off the rails but you can see why what? it went into sabrina um honestly i kind of wish he'd made the zombie show yeah because it means he might have actually finished writing the comic which is still going apparently he did one book and he just oh yeah the second volume's coming out at some point when i'm not writing a tv series anyway that's uh my little comics rant for for today yeah no that's great this is what people actually i think this is what people actually come in for just our like unsolicited rants yeah that just I come out of nowhere i assume so i don't know what people are going to do uh now that the the series is ending because we're not coming back for season two of gossip girl um thank you for opening my eyes to it uh thank you oh. for being on the show with me too thank you for having me but and when putting I, up with this for all what was this 18 16? weeks 17 18 weeks. weeks no sorry nine, nine, 20 weeks all up we did this hang on i just need to do last last live google you would no, actually be surprised uh you would actually be surprised me how many of your live googles didn't make it to air what i mean i yeah. wouldn't be surprised because i listen to this episode i listen to these episodes every week yeah and i know you do i know you really do but uh, a number of your live googles have been edited for time so when you hear one people going back and listening to us again uh feel privileged because it happened every single day every single recording session there was at least three <laughs> and i tried to reduce them as much as possible uh that being said i do want me Meek, i do want you to come back and we'll talk about a different show Ugh. Um, amazing at some point but i think we'll wrap Gossip up our wrap Girl up. season five. Oh god no look i will make you watch the new no. season i'll watch me the We've new got, no. season of Gossip girl no and we'll do that instead like yeah change. yeah no we've well, discussed a potential can we can we leak a potential we can show talk we about possibly we can talk about potential shows yeah yeah because we have talked about potentially um a little show that came out last year called arcane a little mm -hmm. netflix show that uh a lot of people thought would be trash and was actually amazing yeah there's surprisingly a number of shows that came out last year from netflix which everyone thought were going to be trash and were amazing in fact anything yeah. animated i feel people just look at on netflix and just go it's trash not going to worry about it. dragon prince was the same um mm. and revelation the same or master of the universe revelation the same uh, mm. so there's a few but yeah arcane's one that I think we'd have a lot of interest in talking about. Yeah. And of course, and I actually get to choose. play D&D in Runeterra. Like my D&D game that I play is based in League of Legends world, which makes it very real for the D&D links for me because it's literally what I play in. I would be very interested to hear about that because my knowledge of it all comes from Arcane. I have no idea about League of Legends and yeah, I'd be no. interested to get just your dungeon master on instead and say, "Hey, did you choose this before Arcane? Oh. Or did you just go League of Legends, Great World, Boring Game? And I have to admit, the lore that comes from League and like their wiki and the art that we get shown every week and then like extra research I've done for new stuff, it is freaking amazing. Like, I've never played League of Legends, the video game myself ever. And yeah. I have I've downloaded it once and then my group, my because most of the people in my party that I play with have played. And then I was like in a group chat one day, like, oh, I've just downloaded League. And everyone was like, stop it. Uninstall right now. Don't, don't do it. So save is, yourself. Is it a first person shooter? Is it like a third person? Is it like a resource management game? I don't know. I just there's a lot of games that I feel are like that, where there is potential for story work that works so well, like Fortnite is a great example fortnite seems like but you should see meek's eyes rolling everybody just that was an impressive <laughs> eye roll i don't know how she managed to like really roll one and then the other uh but fortnite ridiculous concept really yeah. striking art and okay has been kind of going there's this overarching storyline over the last six years however long it's been going that you don't get to see that they don't tell the players because it's a game where you run around and shoot each other. So you have to infer yeah. all of this knowledge because you wonder a place and there's a little sign. You go, oh, that's interesting. And then you run to another place and you go, oh, wait, does that sign match with the other one? So all of these stories apparently happening behind the scenes that you don't see. And I'm wondering if that's League of Legends as well. Like there's this story like Arcane that exists without us knowing. Well, from what I understand, I love how we're starting to talk about this. We're not even doing this series, but from my Someday. understanding. I was trying to wrap everything up, that, but apparently we're talking about this now. 
<laughs> it's like the 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 main i think the crux or at least what we see in our game is that there's very strong heroes that have very strong lore and leak and so it's all the cinematic things that come out explaining how those heroes became and how, who those heroes interact with oh, and okay. yeah that makes sense anyway it's been a pleasure uh <laughs> talking gossip girl for so many hours with you jeremy so i'm so hours. glad that i could bring give you such a bountiful gift of wit and you know philosophy and just like such strong values that we could discuss such an interesting discourse you know mm-hmm. that we could have over this mm-hmm. masterpiece of masterpiece show. masterpiece of teen cinema or teen television Ooh, i'll take it yeah so that means it's better than the oj and the um <laughs> You too, album. It's not. It really isn't. You'll never convince me that the OC. Okay, another option show. for a new TV show. Throwing it out there today. What about we do the nanny? Yeah, first season of the nanny. Uh, you find out how many, <laughs> if it's if it's longer than eighteen episodes. No. Uh, this no, was I a formative show for me, but no, just <laughs> I can't. The jokes just not. The, the way that it's a, basically a little monkey, what is it, an organ grinder where it's a laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. It's like, oh my God, I would, I would put a brick through my TV. So good. Yeah. But uh, yes, I, I remember it very fondly. Good times. Anyway, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here and inflict my... <laughs> Your guilty Pain pleasure on the world. On other people? Yeah. I do apologize to everyone that's listened. Uh, thank you I, and I'm sorry. I know a couple of people who have started watching Gossip Girl just to listen to this podcast. Wow. To those people in particular, I am exceptionally sorry. Um, but just enjoy the fashion. The fashion is the real here. You know, some would say that in D D, you know, the dice are an extra player. Mm-hmm. I think the fashion is the the extra character in this in this yeah, TV if you, series as well. This is why you're gonna pick the nanny next time because of the fashion that um Fran mm. Drescher wears throughout the entire series. So good. I only appreciate uh, it now as an adult to be honest, but yes. <laughs> uh, I would say thank you as well. Um both to Meek for coming on and giving your take on something that was so formative for you. Uh, and so influential on your D and D. Yes. Thank you for bringing more levity to this show. Thanks. This yeah, this podcast show, I... not so much uh, Gossip Girl, had enough levity to begin with. <laughs> and Look, uh, if anyone wants to play in the homebrew world, it's all set up, ready to go. If you guys want to experience how I took this this masterpiece of a show and made it into D and D, hit me up. <laughs> Uh, I, this really hit, hit was. Us up. I will say this was the the test um, for me of whether every show could be related back to D and D, or every narrative show could be related back to D and D. And I feel that we proved yes, it can. Yeah. Yeah. Fully serious. Well, I feel that every show can be linked back to to Dungeons and Dragons, and you can. I think as well, as well as long as you as long as you love it as well. I think that's a big part yes. of it too. And you keep coming with an open mind. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully everyone else enjoyed listening to us as well. But I'd want to thank you all for listening, uh, for for sticking with us for so long. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us, Meek, where people, can people find you? Uh, they can find me at blushing underscore bud. Um, but also, can I, can I, when's this coming out? I can put this out. Start of April. They can also find us at, at Masters of Alchemy. So if you mm-hmm. want... A professional dungeon master like myself or Jeremy to come and run you through your gossip girl dreams in D and D. Hit us up now. If you want to do that in person, uh, you have to be in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> we can theoretically run games online as well. Oh, I do it online all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? You be wherever you want. We'll make it happen. Yeah. If you're interested in it, hey, we'll we'll create a campaign just for you. Uh, you got to pay us though. Uh, that's part mm. of it. Uh, you can find yeah. the podcast uh, at t at t at d n d and t v p o d on Twitter and Instagram. You can add g- at gmail.com uh, at the end of that to send emails uh, if you want to give us feedback about how great you found Gossip Girl. If you want to blame Meek 
Um, send the send the hey to me. Don't, I will make sure that Meek doesn't see it. <laughs> if you do, you did really enjoy the show. Leave us a review. Uh, reviews are available. I think uh, ratings are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts now, but reviews are only on Apple Podcasts. But tell a friend uh, because they don't have to listen to the whole series. It is a lot. Um, if they remember Gossip Girl from back in the day, hey, that'd be good. But we will be doing another show, another series uh, in two weeks. We're gonna have. A, I'm gonna have a week off because I need the break after delving that deeply what? into Gossip Girl. Delving deeply sure. into Gossip Girl. That's something that I never thought I would say and feels kind of dirty uh given that gossip girl is dan humphrey is everyone dan humphrey he's gossip girl yep last time oh can we finish can our last episode can we finish off with our dan our dan humphrey's um oh his jingle, jingle? of course yeah uh, i think that's oh. how we need to ride out to the sunset that jingle um there's going to be more jingles coming i'm sure but how long how many weeks did we go by without a jingle that i was asking you for don't remember i'm pretty sure i did that almost immediately jeremy i think as soon as you asked for it i was like i am so on this and i'll get it to you yesterday and i think from my recollection that's exactly what happened that's right you did get it to me yesterday uh. (laughs) so that's all from us uh thank you so much for listening uh don't tune in next week but tune in two weeks where uh there will be a new show with most likely Mm. a new co-host but again thank you to meek um thank you to all stay safe thanks jeremy stay safe be kind to yourselves and may all your hits be crits bye let me tell you a bit about a guy called dan got a crush on serena vanderwoods and still he'll spread rumors about it any way he can Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Well, don't know if you heard, but Danny is poor. He hangs around the rich kids, sometimes sucks him in the jaw. But that ain't enough, so he calls one a whore. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Dan is a nice guy, wouldn't hurt a dove, but he gets real mean when push comes to shove. He's a borderline sociopath, but he does it for love. That's right, he's Gossip Girl. That's right, Dan, he's a Gossip Girl.